0: Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast.
1: We're a group of students preparing for the calling God has on our lives. If you sense there's important work that God wants you to do, you're in the right place.
0: This is season two, The Battle for Mental Health. Welcome to episode, what is this? This is five? Yeah, episode five. Good thing that I thought of that before we pressed record. (laughs) So episode five of season two. And today in the studio, we have Anne back. So she was on episode three. And so, Anne, before we dive in and ask Morgan some more questions about anxiety, love just to hear a little bit more about your story.
1: Yeah. So the reason why I decided to come on this podcast about battling mental health is because I have my own personal battles with mental health Mm -hmm. in a way that I never really understood like that it classified under mental health because it was like a physical way. So I struggle with a disorder, uh, compulsive control disorder. I think it could classify under OCD and it's called trichotillomania Mm -hmm. and it's a hair pulling disorder. Mm -hmm. And so I've been battling with this since I was 12 years old in seventh grade. And- Can you share, um, yeah, share
0: a little bit about like how that started for you?
1: Yeah. Mm um so I think with a lot of mental health disorders um besides the ones that come down through the family a lot of them start because of a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. and for me that's something that I didn't realize ever happened to me but when my parents got divorced Mm -hmm. I really noticed that I had a that anxiety of separation and um because of that when I when my dad got remarried in seventh grade that came back the grief of being separated from my mom for a while um and so that really caused me to start pulling my hair and that was like the outlet of my anxiety that's how I felt like stimulation and it was a pain relief thing and so it was just it's I still struggle with it and so I just I have a question about how can I battle with shame that I may have from it because I still struggle with it. So if you have any input for that.
2: First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. That is vulnerable and brave. And I'm so happy for people that are listening to this who feel like what they're going through is not just theirs to carry on their own, whether it's um, the same as yours or whether it's something that's just slightly different. I personally feel less shame because of hearing your story of going through that. So I want to thank you for that. That's bravery and that is honoring to God. So thank you for sharing that. And I would say that in some ways I can relate to you. Mine isn't the exact same as hair pulling, um, but I I really resonate with the um, the pain release right. Mm. I don't know when I figured it out that one of the ways to get out to to have an immediate shift in my brain. Um, I don't know when I figured this out, but but eventually I learned that pain could help you snap mm. out of it right. Um, for myself. And so I have small scars everywhere where I would scratch to the point of breaking skin. I used to get scratches all over my neck because I would scratch to the point of breaking skin because if I could just break skin, then at least there was pain somewhere on my body that wasn't in my brain and I could manage that pain better than what was happening in my mind, which I'm... Wow it might be similar for you right yeah. that feeling of like it's a release right i wouldn't say for to, just to just to correct not correct but um just to to address something that you just said because i would also say that i struggle tons with shame in fact um a few weeks ago i was um on stage doing something and i've been battling a ton with anxiety when i'm on stage and i had ripped open a nail cuticle on purpose like as a way to, to just survive the moment. And I remember like putting my hands in my pocket afterwards. Cause I was so scared that Benji was going to see, I, I wasn't scared that he was going to see it, but I knew that when he saw it, he was going to address it. Um, so I understand the feelings of like shame surrounding that. And I don't think that you attempting to find a solution for what you feel is in essence, a wrong feeling. So I want to address that kind of right off the bat, that you trying to find a solution or a way out of the intensity of whatever emotion or whatever fear, feeling, whether it's separation or whatever it is, you trying to find a way out of that is not a bad motivation, it's something that in health we have to learn to either direct it or redirect it towards whatever a healthy solution is or whatever a healthy way out of fear and panic is so your your impulse to do that i would say is not rooted in a wrong feeling it's rooted in a in a um a desire for safety or comfort right and then i just want to preach the gospel to you because that's that's the only thing i th- i can think to do and in my experience with having anxiety having weird symptoms and like manifestations that come from anxiety I mentioned this in the last episode but there are like seasons of life where I would only eat certain things as a way to control the anxiety in me or if I if I did have like a a scut a a scut a scar (laughs) or a cut on my skin because I was so anxious and I couldn't handle it that I would you know when I have battled shame in those instances the best thing anyone's ever done for me is to tell me that Jesus died for that very thing so if you would imagine for a that jesus is up on the cross about to breathe his last breath and he is hanging there with nails in his hands as he is about to die for the sins of the whole world not only sins that we've committed but also sins that have been committed to us so if i may just for a second the separation that you feel is not separation that you caused it was an evil effect of the world And the world's brokenness that was thrown onto you. So when Jesus is up there about to breathe his last breath, he is thinking about you by name. He's thinking about everything you would ever do. He's thinking about everything that was ever done to you. And he's dying for that with that in mind. So that in his resurrection from the dead, now there is freedom, not only from that thing having a hold on you, but freedom from that thing being the thing that defines you. Mm -hmm. There is complete and total liberation from sin, from evil, from brokenness in the name of Jesus. We are called whole and complete, lacking nothing because we know Jesus. Not because of our own efforts or because of our own, um, not, not even because of our own sin or mistakes, right? But just because we have believed in faith in Jesus, you are now called whole and complete. When God looks at you, he sees redemption. Um, When the world looks at you, they see God's redemption shining through your story. So what you see as an opportunity for shame to creep in, what I look at you and see is God's grace and mercy and redemption just like beaming through you. So just reminding you that Jesus died for that. So you don't have to live under that label or that banner. You live under a different label and a different banner, and that's the name of Jesus. So I think that was what I that's what I would say to you about the shame issue. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's so helpful. Do you
0: wrestle with the question, do I have a calling? Are you wondering if maybe that's just for people that want to be a pastor? We're all about helping students prepare for their calling. That starts by getting clear on what your calling is. Go to mythrivecollege.com discover and download our free resource, five verses to discover your calling. We'll walk you through the most important Bible passage that helps you get clear on your calling. Go to mythrivecollege.com discover and let us help you discover your calling. I have a really practical follow-up to something that I I think about your story, and obviously this is something that involved your parents, and Morgan, you shared in the first episode about how you involved your parents in helping you with your mental health battles. So really practically, and maybe both of you can speak to this, how, when do you involve your parents in Mm. your mental health battle? How do you start that conversation? What if the conversation doesn't go well? Give us some practical help.
2: This is a scary one, right? Like this, uh, what do you guys say in Thrive College? Risk, real relationship. Mm -hmm. Is that right? It's one of your values. Mm -hmm. I love that because there's like the real relationships aspect that you want. And there's that risk word that's attached to the beginning, meaning that to get there, it's going to require a moment of vulnerability. And vulnerability goes one, two ways. It either lands in a safe and a positive place right. or it ends or it lands in a not ends. It lands <laughs> in a dangerous place that gives you some yeah. battle scars, right? So that's always the risk of fallen and broken world things. I wish everything landed in the safety of good friends. So my experience with sharing what I was going through with my parents was really positive but not everybody has the same positive experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that I was met with understanding, but also challenge. Mm -hmm. I appreciated both of those. Not everybody is met with that. And so the encouragement that I would give to people who are wondering if it's time to open up, it's always the time to open up, and, and also to be opening up to whatever your safe places are. So if there are identified safe people in your life mm-hmm. um, that you feel comfortable with opening up to, I would say there's no reason to wait. The only thing keeping you back from doing that would be your own fear talking to you, telling you that you're alone and what you're feeling and no one's going to understand it. So mm-hmm. if you can push through that vulnerability and sharing with trusted friends Also, with a counselor, that's a huge, big step that I've taken this past year that I've been very thankful for. All of that is good, and the time is now to do it. Don't walk through things alone. If you are someone who's been hurt by an instance where you did share, and it was not received or understood, I'm sorry for that. Because that is not a reflection of the way that God feels about your suffering or your struggle. Um, Psalm thirty four eighteen, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So Scripture tells us that God jumps into our pain with us, feels it with us, and then reconciles it in eternity. Um, if a person tries to tell you that what you're feeling is not, it, it is not real, or that um, you're struggling, your suffering is not is not valid, then that's not a reflection of the person of God. Um, so I'm sorry that you have felt that. And it's very important to distinguish that, um, that experience is a one-off, not necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. And to distinguish like that was a broken person response. That was not my God's response. Mm -hmm. That's very hard to do. But what would you say to that in your experience?
1: Um, so I have shared my anxiety disorder with my parents and First of all, um, my mom, she has bipolar disorder. Okay. And so for her, she could relate to me with a mental health disorder. And so that was a very supportive, supportive um, just environment with her. But with my dad, um, he's a little bit of a fix it, find a way to fix it. <laughs> and so the moment I told him, uh, he brought me to therapy. And I really appreciate that because going to therapy was really needed for just the beginning of this disorder and finding the root quickly or Mm -hmm. just trying to find the root or just trying to work through it before it gets worse. And um, I'd say therapy has been really helpful with Mm -hmm. my disorder, just sharing with people who care and have good insight and kind of they want the best for you great yes really good
2: one thing I want to tack on to that because I've also had huge help from counseling and therapy and one thing I think about it that I didn't expect is that it helps you understand what's happening in your brain and it helps you put words to what's happening in your brain I think Mm -hmm. so many people have their communication abilities stolen by anxiety and fear and mental health struggles which is why I think I'm so passionate about Communicating in words today is because for so long that felt like it was just stolen and I, I didn't know how to get it back. Like, how do I really explain everything that I'm feeling to the point where someone gets it? That's what we're all longing for, right? Mm-hmm. Is for someone to really get it. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that God actually really gets it. And in some instances, he might be the only one that really fully, truly gets it. But to your point about counseling and therapy... Is that a lot of people who are just making these discoveries for themselves probably don't have the communication tools to explain properly what they're going through or maybe even the severity of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement to parents listening or to friends that are listening, anyone who knows somebody who is struggling, it is... A really, really good response to listen to someone who is trying to figure out what they're feeling and what they're struggling through and to listen for help cries and help them find that outlet where they can explore what they are feeling and what they are suffering through. Because oftentimes we just don't know what we're what we're going through until mm-hmm. someone helps us put those words to it. So I'm also a huge advocate for counseling and therapy therapy. Um, but that requires a lot of good friends, good parents, good supporters who can listen to someone who doesn't, doesn't fully understand what's happening within themselves and help direct them and empower them to seek out counseling or help in some of those areas for sure.
0: So good. Did you have any other follow-up questions, Anne?
2: Oh, um,
1: honestly, I just need to sit with what you said earlier. That was really powerful, just hearing that my identity is not in what I find shame in. Yeah. Mm. That was
2: really powerful. Can I ask you a question? Okay. You mentioned the response of your parents as being great responses, like your mom having understanding, your dad kind of being fix it, helping you seek out counseling and therapy. Are there other people in your life who have done a great job of caring for you? in your mental health battle and what were the things they did that make you that made you feel so cared for
1: wow um so a non-believer but actually one of my teachers in high school Mm -hmm. I think she knew about my disorder but I think mostly she could like tell when it was bothering me like shame from this disorder and kind of um going through that identity crisis Mm -hmm. I guess um and so her response was always like there were times because I was a TA for her mm-hmm. and she would let me step out and go to our in um, in high school like wellness center. And so just having mm-hmm. like that support at school wow. was really huge. And in like friend groups, I actually didn't tell any of my friends mm-hmm. in high school. I didn't yeah. feel like it was a safe place um but in not so fair yeah mm-hmm. that might have been
0: exactly the right judgment call yeah,
1: yeah. but in drive sure. college um we have d groups mm-hmm. and just the community and the support that i have from the fellow women in my group is beyond words it's amazing to get cool. there to just get their care and non-judgmental and just really they they want to understand mm-hmm. and i think that's beautiful
2: That's really cool. So So things I heard you say to that for the people that are looking to be good friends to those who are struggling is be a safe place. So be a good listener Mm -hmm. um, and seek understanding. Like you just said that your D group friends, your discipleship group friends are seeking to understand what you feel so they can jump in it with you. Mm -hmm. That is that's huge, right? That comes from question asking. That comes from listening. That comes from time spent with them. And I think that is a great message to share with people who are looking for how to be a good support system to their friends who are struggling. Mm-hmm. It's great.
0: Okay. So I want to turn the question around to you. Tell us about other than your friends, um, or sorry, your family, mm-hmm. who's been an incredible help to you in your battle with anxiety yeah. and what can we learn from their example?
2: Yeah, I had the best support system in high school because, well, I I belonged to a really great church with an awesome youth group. And one friend that I'll name specifically, her name was Hannah. Her name is Hannah, not was. She didn't change it. (laughs) Her name is Hannah. And she just had this Holy Spirit gift in her to see hurting people and to approach them, listen to them. And do whatever she could to support them. And I don't know if she just saw my suffering or if she just was such a safe place like we talked about that I felt empowered to open up to her. But she walked with me and has walked with me through some of the most intense years of battle and struggle with anxiety the things about her that make her a safe place are number one, she knows Jesus. And I love your example of like your high school teacher who maybe didn't know Jesus, who was a safe place. Cause everyone has the ability to do that. I think, um, the people that know the hope of Jesus can minister the hope of Jesus to you when you've forgotten about it or when you are lacking the faith to believe it. Because I would say a big recurring cyclical issue for me is sometimes I can be the girl who is like, all right, I love Jesus and I have anxiety. <laughs> and sometimes I am like, why God? Why? Why, why why, can't you heal this? Why do I have to walk through this, right? Those moments of doubt and concern and frustration where you need to borrow somebody else's faith and you need to borrow someone else's confidence and trust in Jesus. So I think she had that which made me draw to her because she could preach the gospel to me when I forgot. Number two, fantastic listener, fantastic question asker. Number three, I would say, is that she was relentless in not leaving me alone in what I was going through. Hmm. So she would show up constantly. And even when I didn't want her to show up in something, she would show up in something. Mm -hmm. And she just became a constant presence. She didn't need anything from me. She didn't need me to talk. She didn't, (coughs) excuse me, she didn't need me to process. She just wanted me to be. And that was such a gift to me. (laughs) She's just
0: choking up over here. I'm just getting so choked up. (laughs) I love that. Well, Hannah, I am guessing you're not listening because you're not a Thrive College (laughs) student or someone in this life stage. You never know. But hey, uh, just shouting you out, Hannah. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. And there are a lot of Hannah's out there. And if we will, first of all, open our eyes. Secondly, pray and ask God for a Hannah type friend mm-hmm. and then third risk real real relationship because Hannah would never have known what you were going through mm-hmm. unless you took that first step of yeah. vulnerably sharing it mm-hmm. um then I think that that will bring those people into our life so yeah. As you are listening, just praying for you that you find that safe group of people who can look you in the eyes and say, you have no reason to be ashamed because I will walk this with you and God is with you. So. Make sure you tune into our last episode of this season. We're going to be talking about some just really practical (laughs) things that can help us in our mental health, especially as it relates to anxiety. Thank you for sharing, Anne. Really appreciate it. And thank you again, Morgan.
2: Thanks for having me.
3: My battle for mental health has been a long and challenging one. Anxiety and depression have been constant companions. They made it hard for me to succeed in school, and they strained relationships with both friends and family. I lost my ability to communicate and connect with people I deeply cared about. In search of relief, I ended up turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms, which just made my problems worse. I kept feeling pushed further and further into a dark place. It was a vicious cycle that seemed impossible to break. My parents have struggled with their own mental health as well. Eventually, it got so bad that they ended up divorcing. It just felt like another part of my life that was broken beyond repair. But through my family's battle for mental health, I've seen the power of faith and resilience. We pursued God and healing. We got involved in some ministries at church. I've seen so much healing in my own life. I still battle for mental health, but plugging into my church gave me that sense of belonging I desperately needed and pushed me towards Jesus. If there's one thing I can encourage you with, it's this. Don't give up. Don't believe the lie that it'll never get better. I couldn't fathom the hope I have now. I couldn't fathom that in just two days, my parents are going to be getting remarried. Couldn't fathom the power of resilient faith to overcome even the darkest of trials. Hang in there.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation with us. If you loved what you heard, subscribe and share this podcast. To connect with and learn more about us, you can find us on Instagram at Thrive College or visit us at mythrivecollege.com. And finally, leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Prayers for you as you live the life God has called you to live.